Welcome back to Teaching Matters, the University of Edinburgh's hub for discussing, promoting, and showcasing teaching and learning around the university. We are a website, blog, podcast, and possibly most importantly, a small group of people passionate about providing platforms for conversations surrounding teaching and learning. This is the third and final of our three-episode series on Uncover, the Usher Network for COVID-19 Evidence Reviews. In this episode, I interview Marshall Dozier, Dr. Ruth McQuillan, and Dr. Madrima Nundi about their time with Uncover. Here's our conversation. Thank you so much, Rima, Ruth, and Marshall for being here with me. I was wondering if we could start out by going around and everyone telling me and the listeners who you are and how you became involved in Uncover. So Rima, can we start with you? Can you tell us a bit about yourself and how you became involved with Uncover? Hi, Eric. Uh, Thank you for having me with you. So I am Dr. Madhuri Manandi. I'm a medical graduate from India, and I am also a practicing GP. I did my MPH from University of Edinburgh in 2020. And at that time, around April, uh, this opportunity came up where uh, Uncover was established and they were looking for volunteers. So I, uh, what actually attracted me to this project was one, it was of, it was a field that I was interested in, infectious diseases. And the other thing was that it would have given me a lot of practical skills and systematic reviews, because at that time I was looking for a methodology for my dissertation and uh, systematic reviews was something I was very keen upon. So that's how I actually started out. I applied as a volunteer and I was very lucky to get selected. And I've been with them for the past two years. That's amazing. Thanks, Rima. Uh, Passing on to Ruth, can you tell us a bit about yourself and how you became involved with Uncover? Hi, Eric. I'm Dr. Ruth McQuillan, and I'm a senior lecturer in uh, public and global health at the Usher Institute. And when the pandemic happened and the lockdown happened in March 2020, I was thinking, well, actually, we've got some skills here that might be useful in in our institute amongst the staff, but also amongst the postgraduate students. There were lots and lots of questions at that time about just very fundamental things about this disease that people just didn't know about. So they didn't know really how it transmitted. They didn't really know, for example, you know, if, if you how important it was about touching surfaces or about breathing it in or even what sort of bodily fluids transmitted it, those kinds of things. We didn't know really how it affected different people in the population, whether different people from different ethnic backgrounds or people with different from different social backgrounds or, or, or employment backgrounds. So there were many, many questions. And uh, governments and policymakers at all levels around the world were having to make decisions based on very little evidence. So one of the things that we get trained in as public health uh, academics and that that our our postgraduate students get trained in is evidence synthesis. So sifting through evidence to find the best evidence, evaluate it, summarize it, synthesize it. So I thought, well, we can make a contribution here to, to, to the greater good, if you like, to try and understand this disease. So I 
teamed up with with Marshall and with Harry, who's one of our professors, and Evie, who's another of our professors, and several other people, too many to, to mention. And we set up Uncover and we put out a call to our postgraduate students to ask for volunteers. And that's how we got going. And then we 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 were we very quickly were providing evidence reviews in response to requests from policymakers and um, from Scottish government, UK government, um, and, and various other other policy making bodies. Amazing. Thank you, Ruth. And now passing on to you, Marshall, can you tell us a bit about yourself and how you became involved with Uncover? So, yeah, I'm Marshall. I'm, I'm an academic support librarian based in the University Library, and I work with students and staff in the Usher, as well as other areas of the university. But in particular, I work closely with the Master of Public Health programmes. And so when Ruth sent out the call for people to become involved relatively early on, I absolutely wanted to get involved, partly also because it was something that I felt I could contribute to, to the problem. I don't have a medical qualification. I can't usefully be on the front line. So I thought, well, I can usefully be on the back lines, you know, helping the people on the front lines. Amazing. Thanks for sharing, Marshall. So Ruth and Marshall, I was wondering what in your view makes or constitutes a good evidence review, be it a rapid or a systematic review? Ruth, do you have any comments to start with? I think when you read a good systematic review, it seems really obvious. You know, it seems very clear and very straightforward and very logical. And actually that's really hard to achieve because when you set out, it's really hard even to define a very clear question. And it's very tempting to make it a bit too big and to, to think, oh, well, this aspect is really interesting and that aspect is really interesting and to try to incorporate lots of different angles to it. And I think that's one of the things to really, that's one of the, the, the signs of a really good systematic review is that it doesn't really do that. It, it just seems really obvious and it seems really clear and it follows through and it keeps that focus right, right through from the beginning to the end, which is actually really hard to do. Marshall, do you have any thoughts to add on that? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Um, when I was thinking about this question, I was thinking quite similar things to what Ruth was saying, with maybe slightly different angles. So I was thinking of four, four kind of features or attributes. So a good evidence review needs to be written or reported in a way that so that the content and the structure and the language style are all a good fit for the intended audience and that's hard when you have a non-specialist audience in particular and it's also hard when you've got multiple audiences for a single piece of work so it's kind of working backwards from the finished product right to the beginning of setting out on a review project it also the review needs to address a meaningful question whether the question is big you know maybe broad in scope and relatively shallow or very narrow in scope and relatively deep it needs to be meaningful it needs to matter and it, it needs to be kind of it implies action or future steps for the, for the readers. 
or people working in that area. Thinking about kind of the innards of, of what makes a good uh, evidence synthesis, usually an evidence synthesis presents some conclusions, some findings, or even recommendations. And a good evidence synthesis, I think, has an, a commentary that accompanies those conclusions or recommendations. And that commentary indicates the strength of the evidence, the strengths and weaknesses of the evidence for each of those points. And then also, and I would say this because this is my one of my contributions to the work that we've been doing, is that I think the methods used in the review should be reported sufficiently transparently for those readers who are interested in seeing them so that those readers can assess for themselves the strengths and weaknesses that they perceive in the evidence synthesis so that they can judge themselves the applicability in their context so those were those are the thoughts i had well, that's wonderful thank you i i didn't think about transparency and its importance but Clearly, it plays an important role in a in a good systematic review. Rima, I was wondering if can you describe how students like yourself work to work with staff in review teams? I know that you were a student when you started with Uncovered. Yeah, so I would say that the format has changed from what it used to be initially with Uncover. So I'll tell you right from the beginning. So when I joined as a volunteer, as a student, at that point, core team uh, was very, very involved. They would generally, you know, there would be brainstorming sessions where we would discuss and we, we were involved, but there was a, a major role that the core team played at that point in coming up with the question, the search strategy, and almost every part of the review, the core team was majorly involved in. But as time progressed, the best part of Uncover is having a very flattened hierarchy now. So students became more and more involved and the core team, you know, stepped back, giving the students a massive vital role in the entire review process. So, so much so that I can tell you now that for enough number of projects, it's student led, where only the core members come in when we need their assistance or, you know, to just have a final look. And uh, this, I think, has been the student and staff collaboration, I think, is the strength of Uncover. Sounds like it. That's wonderful. I was wondering if you could touch a bit more on maybe describing your experience of working on the student-staff collaborative review team. What were some of the benefits and what were some of the challenges that maybe you faced during your time there? So I'll start with the benefits, which are one too many to list, but I'll, I'll tell you the main ones. So first of all, I think the experience of, you know, working under very, very experienced staff. So as I started out as a student, I think I was still getting hands-on experience on systematic review. And to have experts in the field uh, guide you, I think was a major learning experience. Other than that, I think we were working in multicultural multidisciplinary teams which itself was an experience for someone who came i mean I, I it was the first time i was working in an international environment of course we did hone our skills in systematic reviews that was another thing that we did 
also we uh, you know it's we've all had many publications to our credit through this so it's it's been fantastic as far as the challenges are concerned i think what we had is an online module of work so far so i think time zones are a problem sometimes because you're working with people across countries and across continents so that can be an issue although even that uncovers tried to bypass that by making teams with similar similar time zones initially we had an issue with timelines because you know uh, policy makers wanted uh, evidence as of yesterday so yeah so we had uh, very tough timelines so and we were all also doing our dissertation so it got a bit tough other than that i think some issues that you always have with teams is that some members work more than the others and that's i that's also a part of i think it's a learning experience as well thank you so much reema keeping the the theme of challenges i was wondering if we could turn to ruth and marshall what would you consider to be the most challenging aspects of conducting a review and what tips would you give to novice reviewers to overcome such difficulties uh, i was wondering if we could start with ruth do you have any thoughts on that i think i think the hardest thing is is really what we were talking about earlier which is getting started and getting a really strong and coherent plan and protocol in place and and really once you've got that and you follow that through, it, it becomes much easier because you've got that foundation. So it's really that investment at the beginning. And I think one of the things that we got better at was getting that, that clear plan nailed down at the beginning and getting the involvement of whoever was asking for the review. So whether you know a policymaker or, or, or an external person, getting their sign off on that and getting their engagement on, on defining that, that protocol. At the beginning, as Rima has mentioned, the timescales were really, really tight. So we would get a question and the first few reviews we did, we would get three or four days to answer the review. And the shortest one was actually a couple of hours. There was a, we had a couple of hours. So Marshall remembers that it was to do with whether you can catch COVID from touching fences and stiles in on farmland. It was it was a very specific question for a government committee meeting, Scottish government committee meeting that we were asked to to provide some evidence on. So obviously, with that kind of time scale, you don't have a lot of time to develop a protocol. You're just looking for whatever evidence you can find. But I think we got much better as time went on at developing a protocol and, and a clear plan at the outset and that was helped by as time went on we had more time to the, the time scales of these reviews um, became longer so that that that's one of the the real challenges what was the other part of your question what tips would you give to novice reviewers to overcome such difficulties so i think with novice reviewers i think it's it's really important to spend a lot of time getting the question right so making sure that you have a really clear question that hasn't been answered before so that there doesn't already exist 
a, a systematic review on that topic because then you're 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 wasting your time really and you're wasting resources if you if you just repeat work that's already been been done so check that there's nothing there already check that there's enough primary literature out there to answer the question because if if you're asking a, you can have the best question in the world but if there's no um, evidence existing on that question it, it it's very difficult to um you know produce a, a piece of a, a review of, of evidence that doesn't exist and then just making sure that that question is as as marsh as marshall said is a, is a is an important question that that is useful for answering that is meaningful and that is clearly bounded so it's it's clearly it's it's not an open-ended question that it's that it's a clearly answerable question sounds amazing thank you marshall do you have any thoughts on that what what do you consider to be the most challenging aspects of conducting a review and what tips would you give to novice reviewers to overcome such difficulties and feel free to either comment on what ruth has already said or introduce new challenges i do agree with everything that ruth has just said i suppose um the thing that i think is most difficult myself which probably shows the areas that um i would need more practice in myself as well is making when you when you have gathered the data together it can happen that the data are all slightly different from you know each each primary study has done things in slightly different ways and so kind of reconciling the data understanding its comparability and also um, making sense of well it, if there's a big volume of data it's quite onerous to make sense of a lot of data and then also trying to understand when data appear to be contradictory why are the data contradictory what could be underlying factors for that and what does what story does that tell basically and so i think that the, the, the analysis is a really hard piece of work and when you're presented with the data i i've talked with early or fairly novice reviewers who feel it a little bit blindsided because they when they now they've got the data and they think oh i actually don't know what to do with this that's that's tricky and i and i think something that ruth said earlier can help to address this and that is the kind of foundational work that should be done before you start the review proper the sort of groundwork to preparing the plan preparing the protocol um, is that exploratory work allows you to become familiar with what the data are like for that topic and it allows you to develop a, a plan and a strategy for how to carry out the analysis and how to deal with some of the possible unpredictabilities so you can have a plan b and a plan c thank you thank you marshall ruth do you have any additional comments on that yeah just another thing that i think is a challenge is when you're working with teams large teams as we have done when you're you're going through this process you're making doing doing a reviews is about a series of decisions you're making a series of decisions so you're deciding you know initially when you're screening the literature you're deciding whether a particular paper should be included or excluded and you have criteria for doing that 
but sometimes that those criteria can be interpreted in different ways. Similarly, when you're extracting data, you're you're extracting data. Everybody is extracting the same data, the same types of data onto a form. But again, that can be sometimes interpreted in different ways. So it's really important to work together and to keep checking in with each other and to keep having discussions and conversations and you know if you find something that you're not sure about or or you're you feel well I'm interpreting it a certain way but there may be other ways of interpreting this it's really important to have those conversations with the other people in the team so that you can resolve them and you can come to a, a you know a, a consensus so that everybody is doing the same thing and I think um, one of the things that's been a real joy to me over the last couple of years working with the the students and the staff that have been involved in Uncover is just the real level of trust and teamwork and collaboration that we've seen and that we've been privileged to be part of where we have these kinds of conversations and you have to have a lot of trust in a team to be able to do that and I think one of the really special things for me about Uncover is that we've I think, I mean, others may feel differently, but I think that we've really managed to build a really strong sense of trust, even though most of us have never met each other in person because this all started during the pandemic. And then, you know, and then everybody's gone back to their home countries and or or left the university. And, and yet we've managed to build a, a system where we really trust each other and these are fantastic people I have never worked with such brilliant people in my life um, and it's been you know it's just been a real privilege sounds like it that's amazing thank you Ruth Rima going back to you I was wondering what are some of the skills that you developed as part of conducting systematic reviews with Uncover and in what ways do you think that any of these will help you in future research and or employment? Uh, so Eric, first of all, I must say something in continuation with what Ruth said. I think none of us would have performed the way we have if we didn't have such able people to guide uh, us along the way. So I think that that was very, very important for all of us. Like Ruth and Marshall both have already pointed out, systematic review, is, uh, the way we do it is a team effort. So uh, the main things that you need to pick up and what we've picked up is how to develop a protocol. Like Ruth said, it's the backbone of a good systematic review. And so I, I think that is one of the most important skills that we've picked up is to develop a good protocol, to have the inclusion exclusion criteria in place and developing a search strategy. Marshall is a very humble person, but I must tell you that, uh, you know, without her, we, we wouldn't have been able to do what we've done so far. So uh, we've, you know, she has honed our skills in search, searching also, which is one of the most difficult tasks of the review. So we've learned a lot in terms of search strategies uh, and 
i think also another thing was uh, conflict resolution so often enough you know two people are not thinking on the same lines like ruth pointed out now it's very very important what we do is we generally discuss these things out and i think that in a learning environment is very very important to have rich academic discussions so yeah so it's all been um, extremely you know enriching overall so uncover runs workshops and supports learning on the job how has uncover's resources and approach contributed to your systematic review and other skills first of all you've grown in a uh, in a learning environment so obviously you, your knowledge has improved that is the crux of the thing in a learning environment second is that we've got a lot of publications i did mention this and uh, this actually adds a lot to your cvs should you be pursuing a phd or otherwise as well even if you looking for a job so yeah i think it's a great thing like i have gone from being a volunteer to a peer mentor to a lead reviewer to a team leader i am now uh, leading a, a, our team in a who uh, review so i think all these things have really added uh, a lot of value to my cv and future employment Uh, we've had uh, workshops on every part of whatever i spoke of earlier like protocol development to search strategies to critical thinking and even uh, grant applications so you know it's been a very very wholesome experience and for any student who is thinking of joining i think they must go ahead and do so i can just say that it will be a very very enriching experience Thank you so much. Thanks, Rima. Going back to Marshall, I was wondering, as a systematic reviews instructor, what would you say is the difference between learning and conducting systematic reviews in a course and conducting one in practice? Well, drawing on on my own experience, then of that, I don't think that I have ever taken. a systematic reviews course myself i've taken i've followed courses on particular aspects so i i feel like i've been learning about doing systematic reviews from from the start by doing them and every systematic review that i've been involved with has been different from any of the others and i've learned new things about methods in each review unexpected new things although i i give courses on carrying out systematic reviews so i feel slightly hypocritical about this so i'd say that while training on systematic reviews on a course can help in providing grounding in, in principles at least it's important to be prepared to learn more about methods and about making suitable adjustment to published guidelines on methods where where it's needed because many of the reviews that we have been carrying out are not adequately supported by existing published guidance on methods so we've had to kind of uh work out new methods ourselves so to try and succinctly answer your question a, a course can can help a student 
grasp some of the principles and some of the theory, but there's nothing like actually carrying out more than one systematic review to get to grips with the methods. Thank you, Marshall. That was brilliant. We've reached the end of our questions, but I was wondering if any of the three of you have any final thoughts on uncover systematic reviews, things that you just wanted to touch on that we didn't get around to? Uh, so one of the things that we're thinking about now is what what comes next, because COVID is still with us, but we're out of the acute phase of the of the pandemic. Um, so we've kind of moved a bit in in new directions. We've already moved in the direction of of COVID recovery. And we have just started a new piece of work, which is using a new methodology, which is called realist review methodology. So that's an interesting new direction. And then longer term, we are exploring, well, what, what should we, how should Uncover look in the future if it, if it carries on into the future? So we're thinking about wicked problems so multidisciplinary problem do you know a wicked problem it's a problem that's very complex and uh, crosses disciplines so most of the problems that we face in the world today are wicked problems um, problems like climate change loss of biodiversity non-communicable disease There's, there are many problems which can only really be solved if they are tackled from multiple different um, directions at the same time with with multidisciplinary or or interdisciplinary teams. So Marshall and I have got a bit of a history of working on training people in evidence synthesis across disciplines. It's something that, that we've done for quite a few years together with, with postgraduate students from different disciplines in the, in the One Health area. So One Health is, is, is the idea that you can't hope to solve human health problems unless you look at the the animal health and the ecosystem health dimensions to those problems so covid itself is a is a is a one health um, issue it's a covid came fr from an animal source originally so so one health is this discipline that you need to look at, at human health problems from these different angles so one of the challenges and one of the exciting things for uncover going forward is 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 how do we how do we shape ourselves um, in future to be able to respond to those kinds of complex interdisciplinary uh, health issues. Amazing. Thanks, Ruth. Marshall, Rima, do you have any thoughts on that or final thoughts that you want to leave the episode with? I guess if I may jump in, I think I'd like to say that um, the whole experience of being, of working with Uncover, in addition to what Ruth was saying earlier about having a, a very cohesive and supportive group that is welcoming to new participants as well, new members. I have also continued to learn a lot about all kinds of different things by participating myself. So I feel like it's a constantly growing and renewing. It doesn't get stale. So I hope that that can continue. And I think that with the sort of ethos that Harry and Ruth and Evie are continuing to um, help the group have, we will continue to have that constant growing feeling, if you see what I mean. 
I do. And that's a, a lovely sentiment. Thanks for sharing that. And unless there's anything else, uh, thank you guys so much for coming and being a part of this Teaching Matters podcast episode. This has been a lovely conversation and I really appreciate you guys coming in and getting to hear a bit more about Uncover Systematic Reviews and your work. So thank you. Thank you, Eric. That was great. Very yeah, good. Thanks you, Eric. Thank you for listening to the final episode from our Uncover series, and a huge thank you to Nadej Atkins for co-producing this series. Teaching Matters is brought to you by the University of Edinburgh's Institute for Academic Development. For more posts and conversations about teaching and learning, head to our blog. We'd be delighted for you to join the conversation. To do so, please email us at teachingmatters@ed.ac.uk. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider following us on Spotify or subscribing on Apple Podcasts and leaving a five-star review. Music for today's episode was provided by Hook Sounds. In the meantime, stay curious.